Hey everybody, Steve Fredland here with the Rec Poker Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, today we're going to continue our conversation about women in poker. And we are joined uh, for this interview by three special guests, Sarah Herring, Katie Stone, and Maureen Blessinger. And uh, just very excited that they would join us, take some time off. Uh, they offer some different perspectives, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear that as we continue on in this, uh, what I think is a very important conversation, very important to understand the different views of this thing and try to formulate our own opinion and just make sure that we understand kind of what's going on there. Um, it, it's been a while. We, we were pre-recording a lot of these interviews, so I'm not really giving you real-time updates on kind of what's going on uh, in, in my world at Running Aces, all of those things, because uh, we, we got a lot of the interviews kind of pre-stocked prior to the to the series, but uh, I'm taking an opportunity here to do a little intro to this one to also update you a little bit uh, on what's going on. Uh, Running Aces continues to um, to kind of have some things cracking there. Uh, we're doing some things in partnership with them. So Monday mornings, uh, we're piloting a play and learn. Uh, we actually just had our first one uh, this week at the time of the recording uh, where I go in from 8.30 to 9.45 uh, prior to the 10 o'clock tournament and it's free of charge, and I just deal out cards. We have some chip stacks. We have some simulated uh, tournament situations, and we play it out, and then we talk about the situation and why people made different decisions, and it was just fascinating, just fantastic. I've done a number of these before, and uh, so if you're in the area uh, on a Monday morning and you want to come by and do that, uh, I would welcome you to do that. Uh, it's just really fun, great way to build community, and also we're, we're learning a lot about the game uh, as we talk about the different situations. So join that. They also have their anniversary tournament coming up, and uh, the, the date escapes me. I believe uh, it ends on July 14th. Uh, I'll just talk really slow, and that'll allow me to look up the date. Yeah, it, it, it culminates on Sunday, July 14th. And the reason I know that is actually they've asked me to come in and do some day two reporting. So one of the things that the recreational players in the area have been asking for uh, for both of the bigger casinos and all of the casinos is is better coverage on day two of big tournaments. And so I'm going to be doing that from the start of day two up until they reach the final table. Uh, I'll be using their accounts and, and updating things. So uh, if you're going to play that event, you should be covered pretty well on day two. If you're just going to be following along, make sure you check out the Twitter and Facebook feeds uh, on that day, and we'll get you as many updates as we can on what's going on. And then one, once they reach the final table, uh, they'll turn it over to their Twitch uh, RFID table feed uh, on that deal. And also, just so one last thing, I know a lot of you were following along with me uh, while I was in Vegas. I put a little app together that you guys could download, and I had, I don't know, about 250 people that were following me, which was super exciting. And I would just give updates as we went, and it would update, um, I guess, my cash percentage, my ROI, all of those different things, plus little comments I would make along the way. And uh, and a number of you have asked how it went out there. It went quite well. Um, I ended up, uh, I should look it up, but I played 21 different tournaments, and I cashed in eight of them. So eight out of 21 tournaments uh, that I cashed in, including three uh, really deep runs. So let's see, yeah, so 38% cashing percentage. I ended up with uh, about $7,600 in buy-ins. I got back 9,600, so an ROI of about 26%ed, 26%ed, 26%, which I feel pretty good about that. And especially considering three of my runs I made were just uh, were really deep runs and really could have gone some great places. So, uh, for example, the first tournament I played was the $1,000 bracelet event. There was 3,253 entries, and I ended up spinning it all the way to 76th place 
for about $4,400, uh, but it was $420,000 to win. So I was just getting close to the to the cusp of the, the big buy-in. So that was fun. Uh, another big one that I had, I ended up with 15th place. Um, well, let's see, where did I end up? 15th place in one of the daily, the one o'clock deep stack uh, events, uh, which turned into a very nice payday, but it was like 35,000 to win the thing. Uh, so good, but not as great as it could have been. Um, uh, so that was a really good result there. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so good result on Vegas. We can talk more at some point, uh, but a great experience. I learned a ton. I uh, was really keeping an eye on watching players that were the best at the table or that at least I was the most impressed with and trying to figure out what are they doing in different situations and really trying to learn from them. So there was some real good uh, on the felt experience uh, for that. So uh, enough of my rambling. Uh, let's get to the interview here uh, with Sarah and Katie and Maureen. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to me, Steve at recpokertraining.com. And, uh, and I'll be in touch as soon as I possibly can. So thanks for being here, and uh, we'll chat with you later. Uh, well, everybody, here we are once again, as promised. We've got Sarah and Maureen and Katie, uh, joined by myself and John and Rob. And we're continuing the conversation about women in poker. And so without any fanfare, without further ado, I just want to introduce this with you guys. First of all, let's, let's go through the panel. Uh, let's go Sarah, Maureen, and Katie. Why don't you first just kind of give us a real quick uh, highlights of, of who you are and, and kind of what you do in the poker community, if you're a player or press or what your deal is uh, in the poker world. Sarah, you are muted right now. Sarah says she's not muted, but she's not coming through. Uh, Maureen, why don't you go first? Hi, my name's Maureen, and um, I would say that I'm a rec player at the moment. I do play a lot. Um, I I'm based in Switzerland, so I play a lot in Europe. So I play some EPT events, some smaller um, events in Switzerland, and then I play WPT and at King's Casino a lot. And this summer, um, the WPA asked me to help admin a group. It's called um, Summer Camp for Ladies in Poker. And it's a group of around 800 women, and we're there to discuss poker, what's happening in Vegas, what's everyone's what is everyone playing in Vegas and basically they're to support one each other. Okay. Well, that sounds awesome. So are you in Vegas now or you're not in Switzerland now? Cause it's really early in the morning. No, I'm in Vegas. Okay, good. No. I'm, sorry, I'm starting <laughs> to feel really bad that you were in Switzerland right now and it's like two in the morning. Okay. No, I, I skipped the WSOP tag team event to join today, but no, I'm definitely in Vegas. <laughs> well played. That's right. Exactly. I know you were going to play the tag team and we said, Hey, you have a chance to come on the show. And you said, okay, forget the tag team, man. I'm going on the show. But, <laughs> well, seriously, thank you. So thanks for joining us. I, I very much appreciate it. Yeah, thanks that. for inviting me. How about you, Katie? Uh, hi everybody. My name is Katie Stone. I am a uh, professional poker player. I've been playing poker full time since 2009. I'm primarily an online player. I'm also a sponsored pro for BrigadaPoker.com and MGM. Um, I live in New Jersey and Las Vegas. Um, and I am married to a professional online poker player as well. And I've been quite active in the women's community over the past decade. In 2011, I founded the Women's Forum on 2 Plus 2. Um, and in general have, um, played live tournaments in the range of, um, like two to $400 buy-ins, mostly, um, in the U S 
and then uh, I you know go to Vegas for the for the bigger events. But I'm not a a high roller or somebody who plays 10Ks very often. The only 10K I play is the main event. Um, and yep, so that's me. Well, I know I saw that you you won the Borgata Fall Poker Open three hundred dollar uh, thing in November, and then I saw that last summer you actually made a pretty deep run in the main event, right? You finished like in the top 400, 378. Um, yeah, I forget what place I finished. Uh, it was my fourth or fifth time. I forget fourth time, maybe playing the main, uh, first cash first day four. And, um, yeah, it was, I mean, there's a lot of people that play the main event and don't cash for a long time. It's not like, it's not like that big of a deal, but, um, I know a lot of players who have played the main event, you know, seven, eight, nine times and they've never cashed. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's just like, you know, you can't really get, I mean, it is like a really good poker tournament, obviously, and the structure is really good and everything, but, um, yeah. Well, and then I guess, well, yeah, I want a circuit. I want a WSOP online circuit ring in September. So like a couple months after that. So that was kind nice. of fun. Um, well, well, we're all rec players, so we think you know cashing in the main event's a pretty big deal. Even playing the main event, so so congratulations. Okay, but, <laughs> but but if, but if you wouldn't mind this year final tabling it, please, so we get some <laughs> women at the final table. That would be wonderful. If you could take care of that, at uh, least would, a woman. Would, yeah, well, a, right. Any woman would be good. I mean, there was like a few years ago. I don't know if you remember. A few years yeah. ago, there was um, we had a, a couple of shots yeah. where the ladies finished like. 11th and 12th or something yeah yeah (laughs) that was rough to watch that was really rough yeah yeah well thanks katie thanks so much for joining us how about about you sarah i know you've been on the show before but uh, give a little bit of your background she's still muted i think uh, sarah we're still not picking you up i don't know what's going on there uh we were talking beforehand uh it it, I've, i've got you unmuted on my side so i don't know what's going on there so yeah, I, I can read lips there. <laughs> she probably has to click unmute or maybe yeah. sign out and sign back in because that's happened to me before. Yeah, I did unmute you, Sarah, and I don't know what's happening there. We were chatting before. So maybe you want to log out and log back in, Sarah, unless you have anything else that you can do on your end. Uh, apologize for that. Uh, we were testing it before, but uh, Sarah will be j- back joining us uh, in, in a minute as soon as she can. So feel free, Sarah, when you get back. Oh, hey, what did you do? What did you do? I just changed my inputs, but I, we were oh. talking earlier, so I, I don't know. know what happened. I sneezed and then everything like disappeared or something. <laughs> Computers. I don't know. But basically, I'm not a professional poker player. I think everyone knows that. I'm a, like a content creator. Um, but I do say that my foray sort of into poker has really changed my feelings about women more than, say, coming into poker has... Uh, I. I think that when I think about women in poker, um, it's shifted my concept. I think a lot of women that came into poker were all the women that were like, we're guys, girls, and like we hang out with guys. And I think so many of us come into poker or come into this industry um, feeling like we're you know, more connected to men or something. And then having been in this industry now for 10 years, I totally have changed my perspective on female friendships and being with women and I just I like think women are the best thing in the world now and that they make such great friends and that actually this thing of being like we're the guys girls secretly really all along it was just like being insecure and not having the right uh group of girls around you other girls who are supportive and not you know yeah oh that's interesting yeah that's interesting how how your paradigm has shifted that way and but but thanks for being on the show Sarah I'm I'm excited to explore that more so why don't we just kind of turn it over to you guys and I guess the, the first question I want to just throw at you guys is, uh, 
um, you know, the, the numbers are, are really low in terms of gender diversity. Um, you know, it's, a, it's something that we've looked at. It's something that, uh, you know, we, we've wondered, you, we wondered about. I think a lot of people have wondered about. Um, I'm, I'm of the belief that any community needs diversity to be as effective as possible. So that's kind of where I generally come from is whenever I see an issue where there's lack of diversity, I think, okay, our community is not functioning as, as well as it should be. So that's kind of where it starts for me. But I guess, I guess the first question is, is it a problem? Uh, you know, some people will just say, well, the lack of diversity is just sort of a, it's, it's just social conditioning. It's the norms. It's sort of a, it's just a reflection on the, on society and it kind of is what it is. Whereas other people will say, no, this is actually a problem that we need to resolve. I kind of like to start there with what's your perspective on how big of a problem or an issue is this uh, lack of diversity, uh, specifically thinking about tournaments uh, with, with women playing? I have an unpopular uh, opinion. For sure. <laughs> I don't think it's a problem at all. And I think that this obsession with trying to get more women in poker is kind of ignoring the idea that maybe they don't want to play poker. <laughs> maybe if they did want to play poker, they would be playing poker. But I realized that's very unpopular opinion. Well, no, so I, didn't know, I, didn't, I didn't know you felt that way, Sarah. Yeah, I do. Hmm. But I but, love women and I would love to have more women if they want to join. But I just think this like feeling like that they're like we need more and like why don't we have more? Yeah, but yeah, but like how much of different but how much of that feeling do you think is due to the fact that like they just know that they're gonna have to deal with shit? like when they get into the poker room and they just don't want to deal with that shit. And they're just like, you know what? I have something better to do and I'm going to do that. See, I think a lot of women, myself included, came into poker as the result of a boyfriend or a husband or a friend who was a guy. And I actually think more women come into poker through men than through women. And so for me, it's like, I just don't think that everyone naturally thinks like, oh my gosh, we have this like scary environment. And I think playing poker is super scary, whether you're playing with other men or other women. And that's just like the nature of the game because it's kind of terrifying. It's like your own money and there's all these rules and maybe everybody else knows what they're doing. So you're like the outsider. And I just think it's kind of like scary. And I also think women are just less gambly by nature. We're more prudent and like savers and... Yeah, like planners. I'm like a planner, so I'm less likely to gamble unless I'm drunk. Yeah, but that 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 actually like I mean if you if you like look at it from the other way that actually makes you like more likely to be successful in this field because like so many of the people that get into poker or any type of of game that revolves around gambling they you know a lot of people get into it because of other reasons, you know, like they are degenerates or they can't control themselves or whatever and so like if you're, if you're, if you like approach it from more of like a, an organized, like mathematical approach, like as a, and you look at it as, as a unique opportunity and activity more so than feeding, uh, possibly an unhealthy desire. Don't you think you're more likely to be successful in it? I would say that being more likely to be successful and initially having the desire to do something are really like quite often not the same thing. Yeah, of course. Most of course. people come into poker just like, oh, like I'll try it or I'll test it or I'll like dip my toe in or whatever. Like they don't come in with some plan and like bankroll management and ready to understand all the math and stats. So I feel like it has to be something that's just like naturally attractive to someone. Well, yeah, it has to be naturally attractive. I mean, like like the, the poker rooms and the poker environment generally has to be nice and it's generally not nice. It's generally not like a very pleasant environment for, 
for women. And that's just the bottom line. You know, most, most women who are starting to play the game, who are learning the game, they're starting out playing live. And a lot of the times they're not having enjoyable experiences because of what, how, what you mentioned, like they don't know the rules. They, you know, they aren't sure about themselves. They aren't, uh, don't men also have that problem, but somehow they can like push through it. Yeah, but I think it's like exactly a combination of what both um, Sarah and Katie say, because um, I looked at bios of several different women who got into poker who are quite successful. And when asked in interviews, you know, how do you get into poker? A lot of them did say, you know, through my dad, through my boyfriend, you know, in college playing with the guys. Um, So you do have that component. But as what Katie said, you know, if you come into the poker room and it's not a likable environment, you kind of get turned off. So that's why also I think, you know, the ladies events that were put on in Vegas this week is a great opportunity for women to have the opportunity to play for the first time, to have a welcoming environment, you know, to learn the rules, to get better at the game, to then go into open fields. Now that I totally agree with. And actually I was looking at the numbers and it's crazy because this is the first time that they opened it up for rebuys, which was a great Mm -hmm. idea. But I thought the numbers were way closer than they would have been. It was like 670 something last year. And this year was like 900 something, which means that most people, or at least I'm extrapolating from this, that most people that are playing are not professional poker players who don't come with multiple bullets to fire, who aren't firing every like 1K or 1500 or whatever. These are people who, uh, like Katie said in this video I made last week, these are women who this is their main event probably. This is the most money that they're going to throw into a tournament. And so I'm like, I'm all for ladies events. I'm all about like creating great fun environments and fun spaces. I just, in terms of the original question, like, do I think it's a problem that there's not more women that like we have a solution for? Maybe I'd love to see more women, but I just don't think it's this big problem that has like obvious solutions. I think maybe women are just less likely to fall into poker, like less men are likely to fall into, I don't know, makeup or sewing or like, (laughs) I think it's like, we're just naturally inclined to do certain things because of certain gender roles, maybe. Yeah, because that's kind of what we hear is we hear there's two different things. That's where I'm, I'm hearing the difference. A lie is that one is that, women are just less likely to be interested in poker. They're less likely to be able to get out of the house because of some social norms. They're less likely to want to sit at tables for 12 consecutive hours and not talk to anybody. So there's some of that where it's just, it's not a problem because they're just less likely to want to play the game. And then we also hear the other side of it, but when they do step out, you know, women are playing home games. When they do step out they're they're meeting a, a harsh environment or environment that they don't expect mm-hmm. or something they don't want to push through. Like you're saying they could push through, but they're saying, why would I do that? I could just go somewhere where people are having fun and I'm not being berated for not knowing the rules. So right. that's kind of the, the two issues I hear. So I hear from your end, Sarah, that you don't feel like it's a problem because generally women aren't, there's not as many women that aren't going to want to play and you can't really control that. The other side of it is, yeah, but those who do are having, they're hitting a roadblock. And do you think that it's sort of social? Because the craziest thing is, I think I would be, just looking at my own self and looking at other people I know, I know lots of women, for example, who don't play poker, wouldn't play poker, who will play blackjack or pie gal or like throw some money down on roulette. So what's really the difference in that? Obviously, there's vast differences in terms of the the macro scale. But I mean, in terms of someone who doesn't really understand poker, why would they be so afraid to play poker, but not to do these other things? And I think part of it is that like a dealer is going to just put up with a dealer in roulette or pie gal or whatever, they're paid right. to be there. So if you don't know what's going on or you're a drunk idiot, it's fine. Yay. Like they'll take care of you. But when you're in a, in a 
group situation with all these other players, you're really, it's kind of like Lord of the Flies, right? Like you're just with a bunch of other people who all also are putting their money in. And so like, I think it's natural to be kind of mean sometimes, or it's natural to be, uh, different roles kind of like emerge and you're trying to like figure out what role you're going to play in this environment. And it's like every single table you go to, you're creating this new social ecosystem. And it's just really not like that in, in other games. And I think some people just are, are never going to find that fun. Yeah. And I, women maybe more so than men because it's scary. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a personality issue too. You hear, you know, talk to some of the women that, that we've talked to and they're just like, we well, just push through it. Just whatever the guys can push through it. Why can't we push through it? You know, there's, so I think there's a personality because I think there are guys as well that struggle with that. I mean, I've, I've struggled with that at the bigger events. I know a lot of guys struggle with that, even going to a casino where uh, I don't want to have to worry about making a play and being berated for that. Like in my home game, we kind of laugh about it or nobody will even catch it. But if I go there and I throw in one chip and I don't realize that's a call and somebody calls me an idiot or, you know, I mean, for, for recreational players, at least this is a hobby, right? I mean, if I'm, I'm, I'm spending money to go have fun and I'm going to be berated for that. And I don't know if that's the same thing for some women, but that might be part of the issue too. If you're going to be a pro, well, you kind of have to push through it. If you're going to have fun, why would you go and, and be berated? Or at least uh, even the dynamic of men at tables when I, I view it all the time, I see it all the time, how men treat women. You know, I don't know if that's part of the dynamic as well. Welcome back, Katie. Hey, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they got dis- they got disappeared. Maureen, are you with uh, me? I'm still here. I- oh, I'm okay. just listening. Oh, <laughs> I'm I was trying like- to collect my thoughts for an answer. <laughs> yeah, Katie, Katie had to drop off. It looks like she came back on. She's there now, too. So, yeah, Maureen, what do you think about some of those thoughts there? Yeah, well, I think it just comes down to, you know, there's certain characteristics that make a good poker player. And I would say competitiveness is one of them. And like you said before, not all people have the sense or the desire for competitiveness. So, um, you know, all the women who I know who play have this sense of competitiveness and want to push through the barriers. There's a lot of women who I met. Yeah, go ahead. I really wanted to ask you, I wasn't sure if both of y'all were on, because this is what I really want to ask. Do you find that playing with a group of men is, and we're not talking about the ladies event. I'm talking about like you sit down at a table and there's like three girls or two girls or whatever and five guys. Do you always find that the women are super receptive and great and the men are just all these sexist pigs? Or do you find that oftentimes women are really aggressive and mean too? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's just a personality trait. There's some women who are very timid and quiet. There's other women at the table who are super aggressive, and the same thing with the men. Um, some men are hyper aggressive, make some sexist, macho comments, while others are super sweet. So it, 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 I can't make a generalization on the topic. It really depends on the table that day, the different personalities that clashes, and how your table will be. Fully, fully. It's like it's uh, yeah. totally everybody. I, I don't know. Like I think it's probably more likely that you would see tension at ladies' tables um, versus like a regular, just you know, regular. Let's talk about a regular fifteen hundred dollar event at the WSOP that might have one or two ladies at the table. And the reason I think that is is because I think that. Um, 
like, as you guys were talking about, like the women who have been playing for a long time, who have stuck around, who are quote unquote pushing through, like you mentioned, um, I think that they are, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Well, <laughs> I was like, that there's about? some type of woman, so it naturally attracts a woman who's going to be like maybe more aggressive, more competitive, more like in your facey about things. Um, no, I mean, I just think that like they're just used to it, you know, like you, you're, you're, you're used to it and you're, you learn how to deal with it. But women who are at the table with women are probably more likely to be a little bit um, uncomfortable because they're so used to dealing with men. So they're kind of comfortable in their normal live play. And then when they do get to ladies events, they kind of feel like maybe they have something to prove. That's been, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of like my feeling because in, in some respects they become even more um, um, like, like maybe insecure a little bit because now they're in this like new situation where they don't play ladies events that often. And so like, this is, this is one thing that can occur. Um, another thing that can occur is, um, you know, like ladies who play, I mean, like a lot of times ladies who play pretty competitively, they, if they stick around in the game, they can be, you know, quite successful in their areas. Um, like their regions, like whatever, you know, country, state, city, whatever. Um, and so, you know, maybe it is that, that, um, kind of that dedication, that passion that does make them a little bit more, you know, kind of excited, um, you know, I don't want to say aggressive, but just a little bit more, um, just passionate about playing because they really kind of just want to show, you know, like what they can do in their, finally among women. Do you see what I'm kind of saying? Yes. And it was crazy because when I was talking to the bloggers before I came back to Houston, they were saying that covering the ladies event was probably the hardest tournament they've had to cover because of ladies and like complaints from ladies and ladies like being like, oh, you didn't like cover this right or this needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up in this conversation about, you know, it's such a fun environment and everyone seems like they're having such a great fun time when like there's this actual undercurrent going on <laughs> of people feeling like undervalued or underappreciated or whatever. And, but it, so I, I was saying like, it's funny because at any tournament you go to say there's three women or two women, you're always going to talk about the women who are there, the last woman standing, the, um, it really like when I'm looking for interviews, it's like a woman stands out. So I'm always going to be looking for her. So I'm thinking every woman in poker is kind of always being a standout. Every woman in poker is always something original and something unique. And so then you put all the women together and everybody's used to being a special snowflake. And then now it's like, they're all just like these special snowflakes all together, like battling it out, which I think creates a really unique environment. And the metagame with women, I think just in general is so different than with men. I mean, that's like not fair to say completely, but so the women are all on the outside. Everyone's just like, it's the best ever. We're having so much fun. Everything's amazing. And then like deep down, there's this like total undercurrent of all this other stuff going on, which is so woman. It's just like, that's what we do. We've got like infinite emotional depths that like you have to get deep down to really know what's going on. So, so we kind of alluded to it earlier, at least Sarah, you talked a little bit about 
um, you know, I think it, it kind of more, you're, you seem like you're more in the camp of it is what it is. You know, uh, there's less women playing poker. We don't need to be, to emphasize trying to increase diversity. In fact, it sounds like you kind of have some negative feelings towards some of the efforts that have been done there. So correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, Maureen, Katie, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like there should be a concerted effort to try to increase gender diversity uh, in poker? Um, Oh, something, something's happening with your audio there. Was that Katie? What I think is, I I don't think that the goal should be specifically, okay. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Now I, I can hear you now. Yeah. Hello. Yep. I can, I can hear you now. Who's ever speaking there. We had some funky audio there at first. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, it's kind of going in and out, but go ahead and give it a shot. Okay. Some, some, sorry about that. Um, wait. Um, so I don't think that, like, I, I think it's a really good thing to try to focus, uh, like, really, really, really important. Um, but I think what's, what's probably more important is uh, just to focus on like the behavior in general. Uh, um, And so I guess like, um, you know, like efforts to um, make poker rooms just uh, just nicer environments as far as like making sure the floor and the things going on at the table or any type of bad behavior. Um, I think that once you start to address those situations, then it's it's kind of something that organically grows a player, a, you know, a player pool as far as expanding uh, into women and. Uh, yeah, Marine, Marine, the audio is getting the audio is getting pretty rough. I'm really sorry. It's really you it's know, real- other players as well. So. That's Katie. Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, Katie. it's 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 a very very important effort, but I think the 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 important the important Katie. Yeah, are you there? Hello. Yeah, sorry that that audio is really bad. I think Maureen's screen was popping up, but it sounds like maybe that was Katie's audio. Uh, uh, it's it's really going in and out, kind of getting yeah. really warbly there. So I'm really sorry that we kind of missed some of your comment. But what I, what I took away from at least what I heard, and um, maybe others can chime in there. It sounds like you're you're saying maybe it's not about specifically attacking gender diversity as much as it is uh, improving the culture, improving the environment in the casinos. And then if, if there is a, a sort of a, a constriction there of women wanting to play because of the environment, that should start to ebb the other way and more women would be comfortable playing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And more everyone. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. 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 And more, and more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of like, you know, I I think it's really important to embrace all of the efforts and all of the, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very important function of the overall goal. Um, At the same time, you know, as far as bringing more women to post, you know, now more than ever, more women are active in uh, every part of the game too. I mean, I've never had, I've never seen 
as many patches in my life, you know, <laughs> like as I did this, this past week at ladies, at the ladies event, I, it was I, 90% of the tables were patched up. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it, I, you know, there's just, there's, and what, and what that says is that shows the enthusiasm and the participation levels uh, in, in, you know, other, you know, other poker venues too. Yeah. we're starting to lose the audio again uh, i'm i'm sorry across the country and so yeah sorry okay we're starting to lose that audio again maureen did you have any other thoughts on that yes yeah, sure so um i completely agree with katie about the environment of the poker room but also i think we have to look at the part the poker market in general because right now we're all at the wsop and perhaps the number of women here is quite low but then if you look at you know free bar poker or um, charity poker in some of the states or um, different um, levels of buy-ins, I think you would see um, a larger number of women. So just one of my goals, you know, if the ladies are playing there and want to one day play in the WSOP, I, I want to have opportunities available for these women to play in the WSOP level one day. If that is their dream, um, I think that we should support that. I love it. Yeah, I think that's that's a very true comment. Sarah, did you have something? Yeah, I mean that. I think ultimately, I don't have anything against like right. wanting to or trying to get more women, but I would have to agree that the idea should be more that we need to get everyone, and that mm -hmm. everyone should feel welcome to come. And actually, I think because I spend so much time also with like Maureen in Europe, there's more yeah. women playing in Europe, in my opinion. And and I think that part of that is because they're able to start by playing online, which is a more comfortable. Yeah space to learn how to play, which reaffirms also what Katie's saying, which is ultimately the spaces are scary and uncomfortable. It's like buying in and doing chips. And there's just so many things mm -hmm. I think that give you anxiety about playing, you know, in real life and that you can work that if you can play online. So maybe too, some of the efforts can, where we can at least continue the efforts to really try to get online poker back. And I think that's the best way to get everybody back involved in poker. Okay. So what, yeah, so, definitely. For sure. So what I'm hearing is there's yeah, sort of, for sure. it's more on the fact that there's barriers to entry into tournament, live yeah. tournament poker of which, you know, not a lot of women are going to try to hurdle over there. There's not a lot of guys either. There, there's, it's a barrier, there, there are barriers that are for everybody, but for whatever reason, those barriers are, are really uh, keeping women out of the game because they haven't been able to play online. They haven't grown up playing cards as much as some men have. Some of those barriers are kind of just getting in the way of, of everybody, but particularly women. Uh, John, John, Rob, did you guys have any comments or questions? Um, yeah, as far as the online thing, I, so I'm a guy and I started <laughs> online and I probably never would have set foot at a poker play, uh, table in a casino without having had that online experience first, despite having playing tons of home games, because particularly back then, home games are just a completely different beast. I mean, we were playing five card draw or games they don't even spread in the casinos. And casino poker is very different, or at least it used to be before it was televised. I think the two have kind of merged together a little bit since uh, the poker boom. So I think that's wonderful. And I think the idea of making it more welcome to everybody, you know, anyone new coming to the game, I always try to make sure that they feel welcome and don't 
feel ostracized because they don't know when the action's on them or that they're supposed to be putting their blind out or all of the other little things that people who have spent hundreds of hours at the table just know automatically and it comes as second nature. So I think that's good. But I think there's also something to be said for diversity in and of itself. I think is as a group gets more diversity in in any realm, whether that be gender or whether that be socioeconomic status or anything, you get more ideas. And I think it makes the group as a, a whole stronger. So that's why I would like to see uh, more women in poker. Um, I also think there is a little bit, you know, since I'm a guy and some of the guys definitely are more negative towards women, I didn't have that extra hurdle to go over. So I think, you know, bringing that down so that everyone feels welcome is a great idea. I love that, John. It's, it's interesting. Since starting the podcast, I've actually had three people where I've specifically met them at the door of the casino and walked them in because they, they've said, I play some home games, but I don't know what to do. These, these are all guys, but I do it for gals too. But, you know, that there is that there is that hurdle. There is that intimidation piece of going in the casino. They said, well, would you meet me at the door and actually show me what to do? Uh, and I've been honored to do that. I think that's that's interesting. Uh, Rob, what did you have? Then we'll turn it back over to the gals. Well, I think I mentioned uh, earlier that in one of the previous podcasts that my first exposure to poker was not online. It was at the, well, the home games, obviously, like John's talking about, but I actually went to Canterbury Cards and went and sat in a 2-4 game just because I wanted to play. It just looked like so much fun. I was watching it on TV, right? <laughs> and And it was very, very scary. I mean, it took me a while, but maybe because I'm a guy, I just went, got through it and, and continued to play. But at the same time, you know, we talked a little bit about the cultural thing that women are a little less likely to, be, to become poker players just because of the cultural things that go on. But I think about it. I, I work in a building with about 500 people. And when I mention I play poker, there's a lot of people that that think that this is a degenerate type of activity. Like, why would you do, why would you do that? Why would you go play poker? So I think it's more just, it's not so much just women versus men in poker. I think it's generally in society, there's not a lot of poker players out there. If you think about it, sure. There's 6,000 guys, there's 6,000 people in the main event, but there's, you know, how many 500 million people in the United States? I mean, there's not that many people playing poker and there's a lot of people that don't play poker that feel that it's a degenerate sort of activity. It's gambling. It's no better than going to the slot machines or whatever. So I don't, you know, I, I think it's more of a cultural thing in general than it is a problem for women being in poker. I think that's so huge. And I just was reading um, Martin Harris, a friend of mine, wrote a book called uh, Poker and Pop Culture. And it's a, it's called A History of the like America's Favorite Card Game. But basically, like the whole gist of the book is how the history of poker and how it's been portrayed in the mainstream media, how it's been portrayed in newspapers, how it's been betray- portrayed in magazines. And that actually, it's almost as if uh, the mainstream media is, is like hesitant. And I would say with a few exceptions in the last couple of years, but hesitant to, they always give like a precursor, like, well, you probably shouldn't do it. But like, even <laughs> as they started to figure out the statistical and mathematical elements, and that's something I was going to say in terms of like, you said you were watching TV, 
Like, I think the media is one of the best opportunities that we have to get new people. And actually, like, they just had the big press conference this morning for uh, Jeopardy James, who this is yeah. huge. Like, these people that I know yeah. that are regular people who like to watch Jeopardy, who never considered the idea that maybe a poker player might be brilliant or maybe sports betting might actually be something real. And my husband and I um, were just having this argument with, uh, not argument, the debate with people in our church because it's like frowned upon in our church. Poker is right. And when they ask me what I do for a living, everyone's just like, whoa, I can't believe this. Right. But, but my husband is always saying, okay, but you put your money in the stock market. You got a 401k right. you work in those mutual funds because actually poker is like infinitely closer to the stock market than it is to blackjack or anything else. And I think you're so right. I, because we're, it's like, we're in this echo chamber of poker people. So we think people understand about poker, but the reality is the general public still thinks poker is the same thing as like meeting some guy on the street and like, you know, giving them money for something. Like it's crazy. <laughs> what people think about poker is so crazy. And so the more opportunities that we have, I think poker Go is doing a great job of this. Also, just you know, getting it on CBS All Access, the the main event being on ESPN. The more opportunities that we have for people to be exposed to the idea that this is a game of skill, the more likely people are to accept it just as a whole. Sarah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. So I'm I'm a former executive pastor, and uh, I started playing poker and. Uh, I also run a, a nonprofit where we do humanitarian work in Rwanda and. Uh, I was speaking to a, a very large group of people about uh, sort of where we've raised the money from. And one of the things I mentioned was uh, All in for Africa, a, a poker charity tournament that we started that raised, raised a ton of cash. And, um, and it was interesting uh, how many emails I got after that event and how much uh, lost uh, donations we got because of that. Uh, people started moving their money away from, you know, helping these kids in Africa because uh, we were allowing the poker community to. to so my my point is is not to berate the poker community as much as it is to say the more I agree with all of you guys. The the more that we can help reduce the stigma of that. These are the same people that are paying twenty dollars a Friday to play bingo. Um, but but there's some sort of a stigma associated with with poker that I think we can all uh, maybe help try to bridge that gap. Marina yeah, or Katie? I would have to agree. Yeah. I would have to agree with you guys um, because since I'm only a rec player, um, I do work a nine to five job sometimes. And, you know, they always ask you in the interview, what do you do for your hobby? <laughs> and sometimes I just think to myself, do I do or do I not throw it out there on the table? I play poker and I'm very involved. Um, but I really just have to judge because like you said, there's a yeah. very negative stigmatism that goes along with it. And do I or do I not want my employer to know about it? Because it could go one of two ways, right? Either they'd say, oh my gosh, exactly. I do too. This is awesome. Or they're like, okay, here's a degenerate. We don't want somebody like that. They're probably going to steal from the company. Yeah. So, <laughs> But usually you can tell in the interview which way it would, would be going. And then I also point out, you know, I do social media for my sis club and other aspects of poker right. that I can bring into the corporate world, which they appreciate. So you're, so you're getting a read on them during the interview. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I did want to just throw one thing out because I know we're getting to the like 45 minute yeah. mark. And I wanted to say that because actually um, like the WPA, for example, that uh, Maureen's involved in, and I know Katie's involved in tons of women organizations. And um, John, you mentioned, you know, how diversity can be so great because it brings up all these, you know, new ideas and togetherness and, you know, 
all of this, I was going to say that while I think diversity is super awesome and important, I also really think that having those um, spaces where women can just come together. And even if it was like Midwestern guys, or it's like guys Mm -hmm. who like poker and hockey or whatever it is, but creating those, um, you know, spaces where you don't have diversity, those also can sometimes be spaces where people feel the most safe, you know, or the most comfortable. I think, you know, definitely I've been involved in some of the women's groups and I can see that there are conversations and, um, I think people are honest about things that maybe they wouldn't be if it was a group that included lots of guys also in them. Um, so I wanted to make sure that Katie and Maureen, like you both and all, I think that the the women's group thing is a great way to create a space where women can talk about poker um, without being afraid of the sausages. That's well said. And Maureen, I did think the, is the campaign that the WPA is doing, it's called Raise It Up, right? Yes, correct. Um, and this is has to address what Katie was talking about earlier about the behavior um, in the poker room and reaching out to t- tournament directors to make a better environment for everyone, not just for women. Tournament directors. Ooh, what do you think <laughs> they have to do? Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious too. How do what what do they do? What do the tournament directors do when there's those sorts of environments that sort of enforcing penalties or what, what are you thinking there? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then just making sure that the poker room has a good environment for all players. To be honest, I've, the WPA is a large organization. I don't volunteer in this section. I do more the ladies summer camp group where it's more about tournament schedules, structure, budget, you know, how to get your Caesars rewards cards. Cause I'm more, um, the, Organ, organ organizer of the group so okay yeah um i could i mean i could probably i could probably speak to this can you guys hear me okay or no yep yep sounds good now yeah oh um yeah so actually this is something that uh that we're going to be talking about the the, tor- the tda summit is coming up this friday friday mm-hmm. and saturday at aria um, so this is actually something that we have scheduled to talk about at a few different points throughout the, the, those two days. Um, and the different um, poker room directors are always in attendance. Um, Matt Savage, uh, Tab from Borgata, um, Sean McCormick from Aria. Um, usually there's a couple other people too that um, kind of like run a panel and discuss lots of different topics. and. Um, and this is definitely a big topic for this year. So um, I think they usually publish the, they, they usually videotape the entire summit and then they usually publish it on YouTube. So um, that would be one way to check in on the discussion and see how things, but how things, uh, you know, go around that topic. But, but I know that a lot of people are really concerned about that issue. So. Yeah, that would be really interesting to hear that conversation. Okay, well, we're, we're, we're about at time. I mean, time just flies by, and I could keep you guys on here for hours and hours. I just find it, it fascinating. But um, I, I want to give each of you guys at least a last shot to, uh, to share anything else that's on your heart about this, uh, good, bad, or ugly, or what you'd like to see uh, you know, us, us middle-aged, white, privileged males do to help in this situation. Uh, that, that's part of why we're having the conversation because it's mostly us guys that are talking about it and we don't know, we can pretend, but uh, you know, if, if there's anything you'd like to see us do as part of the podcast or individually, or what you'd like to see happen in the poker rooms or whatever, anything else is kind of on your heart as we, 
as we wrap up the discussion? Oh, I'll, I'll wrap up because I'm sitting outside daycare. I need to run in and get my son. <laughs> okay. Well, um, thanks for being on. I, sorry, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Um, I, I think that like what, what I in particular would like to see is, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm a sponsored pro at Borgata. Um, I don't play that much live poker. I play mostly online. And this is one of the reasons why is because of the behavior in poker rooms. Um, and I guess what I would just like to see is I would just like to see more guys actually just like stepping up at the table. Like if you see somebody who is, uh, just you know, being a dick for no reason or just harassing a woman or a dealer or any person at the table. It doesn't have to be, you know, a female, you know, like I understand people don't want to stand up and say something. It changes the dynamic of the table. You, people are going to think you're like, whatever, trying to get a phone number or you're trying to be like this, you know, big macho dude or whatever. But like, it's not that like think on a bigger picture. You want more players to play poker because you want player pools to continually expand. And the only way that will happen is if people are nice to each other. And the pros definitely have to set the example for sure. But it's all like you said, these middle aged white guys that are just watching the WSOP on TV once a week or whatever and playing in these home games and stuff. You know, you guys have the power to also set the culture wherever you are playing. And you guys can absolutely say, look, like here, I don't know what you what happens where you guys play, but here, this is how we treat people and like actually step up and say something about it. Don't be afraid to say it. That's all. Drop the mic, man. I love it. That's fantastic. Sorry. No, that, that's great. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate I go. it. See you later. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Uh, Thanks. Bye. Bye, bye ladies. See you later. Bye. All right. How about either of you two? Uh, yeah. So I, um, I'll chime in next. So, um, so since we all love poker and all want to grow the game, I think that everyone to be willing to take a new player with them into the game, introduce them, you know, to a new casino, to tournament, make them comfortable. And if we all can bring one person and introduce them to the game, I think we'll just grow that way, whether it's male or female. I, I could it. not agree more, actually. I was going to say, I think the idea of trying to police everybody and like we have to be the moral police for everybody else about like what they should and shouldn't be doing or saying like for me, I'm not on board with that. I'm not a fan of that idea. I don't want to go to a poker table. And I, actually, I got kicked out of a casino a few <laughs> years ago for dropping too many F-bombs, which Why I'm, am I not I've, surprised? Been, I've been working on that, actually. <laughs> I've been working on it, but but I got kicked out. And, and even every, actually, the whole table left with me, which I thought was awesome. Oh. Was, you know, this isn't, I don't feel like we have the responsibility to be the police of everybody else and tell everybody else how to behave. That being said, having home games, starting home games in your own area, going to other people's home games. There's all these like meetup groups and stuff because I thought, oh, we're in yeah. Texas now. I'm never going to get to play poker. There's so many home games around here. I had no idea. Such a great way to meet people. Get on the internet. There's all these forums, Facebook, 2 plus 2, everywhere. Like, for me, it's like connect with people, bring poker to people, tell your best friend how much you love it and like invite her over to play heads up and drink wine one night or whatever it is. Like I think it's infinitely more effective to introduce people to poker than it is to police the people that are already there. Hmm. Yeah. Well said. Well, thank you guys. I mean, I appreciate it so much. And, uh, Sarah, it was great to see you out of the series. Good luck the rest of the way covering the main event. We'll see you. You're going to be in the main, right? Well, I don't know. I, I I'm toying with the idea. I just don't know that it's going to work out this year, but I will be there some year. Maybe Listen. this, 
Maybe, 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 maybe if, you know, if I, if I was promised to, you know, be able to hang out with you for half a day, maybe then. Oh, <laughs> you didn't put it on me now. No, no, it was funny when you, when you came out, you know, I saw you the first time and you like came out of the, the media room and I was with a guy, you came out and you had your, like your face all painted up, you know, <laughs> as yeah. you described it, you said, you don't know how long it takes to put this face on the other guy. I was like, Whoa, look at that. That's kind of fun. <laughs> oh, look at her face. It's crazy. No, no, no it was fun. Uh, but no, thank you guys for being on here. And, and we will. Uh, thank we'll, you for having us. Yeah, for sure. We'll connect at a later date. So you guys can just go ahead and say your goodbyes and hang up. And we're going to hang on here and continue the conversation. Deuces. Don't talk okay. shit about us. Bye. Bye, Chardonnay. Bye. All right, John, Rob, well, what do you guys think? I know time just flew by there. We probably didn't get to cover a lot of different things, but what were your, what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was kind of interesting. There was a, definitely a difference of opinion between, especially between Sarah and Katie. Yeah. You know, Katie was talking a lot about the environment of the poker room. And so I'm, I'm just have to assume that she's had some bad experiences Yeah. in that regard. Whereas Sarah, who's not really doesn't play as much poker obviously as Katie cuz she's more of a she's just observing it from from outside of the table right had a very different opinion about you know bringing women into poker and is it a problem or is it not so i thought that was kind of kind of interesting that they have that difference of opinion and then earlier when we interviewed people like Eileen and and she was talking a lot about the cultural differences between the men and the women Mm-hmm. which, you know, prevents the women from being in a position to actually go to a poker room and play poker. Um, they're more conservative, maybe with their money. They don't have as much free spending money as a guy will typically have. They don't have as much free time as a guy will typically have because right. of the children aspect of the whole thing. So maybe it's not necessarily a problem of, you know, not being enough women in poker. Maybe it's just a, it's just people being accepting of poker. And I mentioned that earlier. It doesn't matter if it's men or women. When I mention I play poker, a lot of people think of that as a degenerate activity, and they can't believe that I'm actually doing that. Right. Yeah, that's well said. I've loved that we've had all these different perspectives on. You know, we got to each kind of wrestle with maybe some combination of those or which one do we agree with. But I love that we're getting different perspectives. And sometimes I wonder, is it – like what you're saying, one's a pro, the other one's a reporter. Is it where they play that makes a difference, or is it just personality? I mean, I don't, I don't know Katie at all, but I, I know Sarah enough to think that if somebody were to harass her at a table, she'd just say "f you" and move on with her day. You know what I mean? And so some guys yeah, yes. would be like that, or the other way. So that's that's kind of this mix of of different variables. I find it fascinating. What do you think, John? Yeah, you know, I'm thinking. I think a lot of it depends upon your first experiences Mm. because I'm not a totally outgoing person. I'm more of an introvert. And uh, if I would have had a horrible experience, well, maybe not because I was addicted to poker by the time I stepped (laughs) foot into it. Um, But I mean, it may have made me not want to come back. Hmm. So, you know, I think it. there is room for, I understand Sarah's point about not wanting to police people, but in general, I just don't think we should tolerate dicks, period, yeah. in, in any mechanism, in it, whether it be at poker or something else. And I'm 
coming to the conclusion, in order to be true to myself, I need to be more positive about stating when I find something offensive. And I'm not a type of person who, who is easily offended. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, if people are just misspeaking or happen to be using a term that isn't quite the, the politically correct term. It's more, you know, do you treat people with respect and kindness? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't, I think you deserve to be called out. And not that you need, not that I need to be the sheriff over everyone, but, you know, just if someone hears 10 times, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks at the poker table, you know, you're kind of being a jerk there. Uh, Maybe they'll eventually smarten up and stop being such a jerk. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think at minimum, you're going to feel better about yourself, right? That you at least were, you know, standing up for what was right and good and and it's interesting what, um, I don't remember who said it too, but like uh, I've had that happen just at the series this year too, where, uh, you know, I, somebody would be rating somebody and I, you know, I didn't like make a big thing of it, but like, dude, I'm like, dude, come on, you know, knock it off or whatever. And, and then somebody else says, oh, you're just trying to get her number. I'm like, what? But what are you talking about? Like, I mean, that is sort of a reaction that you get sometimes. Like if you're the, the social justice crusader, people think you have some sort of ulterior motive when you're just trying to say, can't we all just be decent human beings? Right. I, t- I tend to be a little more passive aggressive when I call somebody out at the poker table. I just, uh, I try to, I, rather than just say, Hey, come on, that was really a horrible comment. I will say something uh, in defense of the person that's being attacked and to try to, at the same time, kind of belittle the guy that's attacking the guy. So I don't come right out and be okay. a social justice warrior. Yeah. I come out and kind of subtly do that <laughs> passive aggressive thing <laughs> and kind of stick it to him, make him feel like uh, a little smaller than he felt a minute ago. Uh, I like that too. I like that too. <laughs> That's just my personality, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's interesting guys. I mean, I think it's, it's fun. This is the fifth one and we've got a couple more uh, that we're recording next week, at least. Um, still hoping to get Maria Ho on. Uh, you know, she promised she'd come on the show. So we're waiting to see what happens there. Uh, I, I told you guys that story. I think I'll share it with the, yeah. the audience. Um, I had a chance to play with her at the the $1,000 buy-in uh, bracelet event. And um, she sat down at the table and probably within an orbit, she proceeded to shove her 15 big blinds into my, uh, she was in a later position. She shoved into my big blind and I had ace 10 and I'm like, Oh, what do I do here? And I actually asked her, I said, uh, I said, uh, if, if you agree to come on the podcast, I'll fold. I told her, we're doing a series on women in poker. And if you come on the podcast, I'll fold. And she, she said, okay, I'll come on the podcast. So I folded, but now I have to kind of, now I have to try to <laughs> get her to commit to that. She did, she did tweet me later. She said she had King Queen. So I felt a little bad that I had folded, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but hopefully we can get her on the show too. But anyway, we've, we've had five now. We'll have a couple more. Um, and, and I'm excited about it. I think it's been a good, a good conversation. And then it'll be interesting to see if we actually land somewhere or just have sort of this this wide angle lens of all these different perspectives. You know, it's a complex topic. So coming to a conclusion, I think is, is doubtful, but you know, as long as we just evolve our thinking, I think that's a step in the right direction. Good point. Yeah. And, and entertain all of the different perspectives. I think there's already been a couple new perspectives that uh, lenses that I wasn't quite looking through before. Rob, did yeah, you have I something think, there? I think I had some preconceived notions about um, that it was a problem and yeah. that 
there. And it was really because the poker room was not a very inviting place for women. And now I'm getting a little bit a bigger perspective from all the conversations we've had. That it's more than just that. And then I start looking back, like I say, when I first walked into a poker room and then how people that I interact with in a day-to-day basis at work or wherever, how they feel about poker in general. Mm-hmm. So there are so many aspects of this that um, my, my preconceived notions are changing quite a bit. Yeah. And I kind of went in thinking that most women are just really upset about the gender diversity issue. Um, and it's interesting to see uh, they're, they're taking the higher road. Uh, if they are upset, they're saying, well, there's barriers to everybody. And some are just saying, well, this is societal norms, whatever. But it's interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of expected everybody to be much more bitter about it. And maybe uh, that's because I've been influenced by the news stories, because when they look at the demographics, they say, you know, 97% are, of these players are men. What's wrong with the thing? You know, so you, that's kind of a, a newsworthy thing. But as you kind of dig in, it doesn't seem like the general tenor of all women is bitterness over that number. Well, from a selfish point of view, there's also, you know, we, everything, no matter what it is, is either shrinking or, or growing. You know, th- things just do not hold constant. So we would like to see poker grow. Yeah. Well, women are an untapped resource as far as poker players are concerned. So from a completely selfish point of view, Mm -hmm. it would be great to get more women into uh, playing poker and any other group that doesn't currently play, you know, getting more of them in from a selfish point of view makes perfect sense. And hopefully it makes the community as a whole stronger as well. Yeah, I love that too. Well, any any final words, gentlemen? Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for sticking with me through all these interviews. Uh, it's it's awesome to have several voices and and you know people bring in different perspectives. So I really do appreciate it. Doing a great job, Steve. Thank you, sir. We'll thanks we'll be in we'll be in touch soon. All right. <laughs> have a good night. Good night, guys. Thanks.